Welcome, and thank you for listening to the podcast of North Etowah Baptist Church. Visit us online at northetowah.org. Rather than church being a place where people far from God are met with shame, guilt, and condemnation, we believe Jesus leads us to be a family that extends His grace, mercy, and forgiveness to everyone. We hope you enjoy today's service. Well, tonight... We stand here and we reflect on another week of Vacation Bible School come and gone. It seems like we, we wait so long and prepare for it to get here and then it's here and then it's, it's passed by for another year. And all through the week, as, as in years past, the, the, the different themes in Bible School always have that central message of ABC, admit, believe, and confess. Admit to God that you're a sinner and repent. B, believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And C, confess Jesus as your Savior and Lord. So we look at the end of the week and we think, what now? Well, in my mind, the natural progression from A, B, C is D, E, F. So tonight... After a week of talking about the ABCs of becoming a Christian, we're going to talk about the DEFs of growing a Christian. First off, the D would be disciple. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, the Great Commission, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. You know, we have a responsibility uh, to those who have, who have come through our doors and those who have made decisions or, or those that have had the seeds planted in their lives. And we often think, especially when someone is saved, that we need to follow up with them. And, and our intentions are usually to be sure that they have understood their commitment and that they're reading their Bible every day and that they're attending and getting involved in a local church. And that's a well mean intention, but with a true convert, that type of follow-up is not necessary because a true convert will want to be with God's people. They'll want to be in the Bible every day and reading, and they will know the commitment that they have made. But we do still have a responsibility and that is discipleship. See, if you, if you uh, think about a newborn baby, there's no doubt that that newborn is a newborn. You know, their eyes aren't quite open. The, the fingers and toes are tiny. There's little to no mobility. And without the exception of being able to cry, they're literally helpless. So what if the new parent said, well, that's over. We don't need to worry about this one anymore. He's alive. We did our part. You would probably soon see in the paper where they were arrested for child abuse and potentially negligent homicide. You don't do that with a new baby. When Haley and I had Fisher, we made sure to hold him. We loved him. We fed him. We made sure he was healthy. And when he wasn't, we took him to the doctor. And there wasn't one thing that we wouldn't do for him. 
And we've watched him grow, and he's learned to walk, and fortunately or not, he's learned to talk. <laughs> he feeds himself now, and he's gradually more independent, more so than when we first brought him home. We're no longer holding him in our arms, feeding him with a bottle. He has grown. And in the same way, we can't say, well, that one's saved. Best of luck to him. Let's go get another one. That is spiritual child abuse. But through discipleship, we take that newborn in Christ and we feed them. We care for them. We make sure that they're healthy. We talked this morning about what it what it takes for spiritual health, of the hard work that it takes, just like being healthy in our bodies. We watch them grow in their faith, and eventually they will mature and be able to disciple other you Christians. But sadly, we do see a lot of spiritually neglected Christians. They've been saved but not discipled. And they could have even been Christians for 20, 30, or 40 more years but still can't stomach the meat of God's Word. They have to just stay with the, the milk. Hebrews 5, 11-14 reads, About this we have much to say, and, it's, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. And you know discipleship was the Lord's chosen method of spreading the gospel when he was here on the earth. He spent more than three years discipling those who followed him, who were called disciples. And he would send them out on these assignments, and that would help them to grow in their spiritual walk. So I ask you, take time and ask God to show you where you are in your spiritual maturity. And if you find that you're still just a child in Christ, get in his word daily. Get involved in a Sunday school life group and we have many discipleship opportunities here, plenty of places to grow. But if God shows you that you're spiritually mature already, make a commitment to help other young Christians grow in their faith. You who live on the meat of the Word, help those who are still on the milk. We see this example with Paul and Timothy. Paul mentored Timothy. We're not expected to to grow on our own, but we, we want the older, more mature Christians leading us and showing us how to grow and how to reach others. So that is D, discipleship. Secondly, E, we want to encourage those new Christians. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12-14 says, We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we encourage you, brothers, admonish the idle, 
encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with them all. You know, when, when someone is first saved, a new Christian is filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This spiritual fruit becomes good in their life where before it had been rotten. They're excited. They want to tell everyone they know, and they're just filled with this joy. And it's as if everything in life is wonderful. But the stark reality is that the Christian life is not wonderful, at least not according to the world's definition of wonderful. If we were to take a walk through the book of Acts, we'd want to pause for a moment and listen to the sound of the rocks breaking the bones of the martyr Stephen and then try to smile and say, wonderful. Or hear the cat of nine tails rip the flesh off the back of the Apostle Paul. Or just follow the word suffering through the epistles and see if you can get the world to whisper, wonderful. Christian persecution is the norm and not the exception. And new converts need to be encouraged because, because of their um, conversion to Christianity. As a result, they may lose lifelong friends or they may be disowned by family. And depending on their background, especially if you're coming from an Eastern religion to Christianity, they may have to leave their culture, their lifestyle, and a home that they have known all their lives because they have committed to follow Jesus. But we've got to let our new brothers and sisters know that they are not alone. Not only will God never leave or forsake them, but we, as their brothers and sisters, the church, will stand beside them. We'll be here to weep when they weep and rejoice when they rejoice. You see, God does have a wonderful plan for our lives, but it's that we would repent, trust the Savior, and receive the righteousness of Christ. That's His wonderful plan. And then F, forgive. Ephesians 4, 31, 32 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. You see, as sinners, each one of us have broken God's law. His Ten Commandments are the moral compass that we're to live by, and we have every one broken at least one, if not all, of the commandments. And we stand to face a greater wrath from God than we could possibly ever receive from any court in the land. So I find it odd, then, that it is easier to receive forgiveness from Christ than sometimes it is from our fellow brothers and sisters. Let's just take for an example. Let's say there's a man who lives down the street 
who's infamous in our community. He's known for being involved in drugs, robbery, muggings, rape, murder, pornography, torture, gambling, money laundering, adultery, perjury, treason, extortion, and other things I'd rather not mention. He is known to be filled with anger, hatred, and greed. But then one Saturday, he takes a gospel tract that someone was brave enough to give him. He reads that, and his heart is broken because he realizes he sinned against God and man. He repents and trusts Jesus as his Lord and Savior and wants to be baptized. Now he knows for all that he has done, he has to turn himself into the authorities. But before he does, the next morning, that Sunday morning, he walks into our church wanting to be baptized before he spends the rest of his life in prison. God has forgiven this filthy wretch and made him clean. But I wonder how many of us would keep our distance or would be afraid of him or, or even try to remove him from our building because his reputation precedes him. Because surely a lost cause such as him can't generally be converted. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, just in the case of this man and in the case of any sinner that has ever come before or ever will, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. It doesn't matter our past. When we repent, when we're saved, the old is gone. And it's only the new that remains. When God forgives a sinner, we have no choice but to forgive them also. We cannot hold against them what God no longer holds against them. We are not God and we cannot assume his role. But we have work to do. Following Bible school, we always do an, an emphasis, a, a targeted follow-up with those who were here with us and those who made decisions. This Tuesday, we start back our Tuesday night outreach. I encourage you to be involved in that. Jim Gregory and Glenna Elkins and Harley Croft, they're, they're heading up this outreach to, to follow up Though, with those who were here to see where they're at. You know, do they attend church anywhere? And I encourage you to be a part of that. If you can't come on a Tuesday night, that's okay. That's not the only day of the week that we can reach people. So if you can't, let the office know or let Jim or Glenna or Harley, any of them know. But remember, we have got work to do, and this is the perfect opportunity. God is calling us to make disciples, to encourage those who have made decisions, and to forgive 
those are his, who are his newest children. So I say, let's get busy. The time is short and there's a great urgency. Now as I close, I, I never want to, when I have the opportunity to speak, if there's anyone here that is not a Christian, as I, as I said in the message, we've all broken God's law. And there's not a person that can't be forgiven. So please, as we enter our time of invitation, if you need a Savior, please come talk to me or anyone around you would be glad to speak to you. Because the most important thing we'll ever do in our lives is our decision for the Lord. Will you pray with me? Our God, thank you so much for such a wonderful week at Vacation Bible School. It's, there's something about that week that is different from every week the rest of the church year. And I'm, I'm grateful and thankful that after all these years, years that Vacation Bible School is still so effective and successful. It's our greatest outreach event. But when it's over, that does not end our responsibility. I pray now that we will, we will reach out to these families. And whether we get them from North Etowah or whether they attend somewhere else, the important thing is that they accept you as Savior. We'll take them if they come, but God, we want to see them saved. And I pray if there's anyone here tonight that does not know you, that God, tonight would be the night that they make things right with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand together, sing hymn number 540. 540. <laughs> Take my life, lead me, Lord. Take my life, lead me, Lord. Make my life useful to Thee. Take my life, lead me, Lord. Take my life, lead me, Lord. Make my life useful to Thee. Take my life. Ronnie. Uh, again, thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, hope we have, you have a great week and continue to pray for our convention and safe travels for everyone. Um, again, if you want to, to watch the live stream of the convention and don't have means to at your home, you're welcome to come by here and we'll set up to where you can watch it. Um, I usually have it running in the church office in the background listening to it just to uh, hear what's going on. I do try to watch the camera occasionally. Sometimes you'll catch a glimpse of Mark, the top of Mark's head or something, and that does prove he is actually there. So I, I do um, like to do that and see if we can see him. But there's usually you know, great preaching and, and music, plus, of course, the business of the convention. But um, we want to pray now. And as we go to our fellowship hall, if you need an elevator, if you need to go out the back doors, 
and two, that way, I'm not going to say mine or your direction, I'm just going to say that way. Or you can come out the hall here and go up the ramp, either way. But there's plenty. Uh, we ask everyone that would like to to stay. And I'll ask the, the blessing over our food, then we'll be dismissed uh, to go over there and fellowship. So, our God, we thank you for this day. We thank you so much for allowing us to come together again and worship. And Father, I thank you for the food that you provided for us and for a facility that we can come together and fellowship and enjoy time with one another. Uh, God, thank you for, for Miracle Lake and uh, the work going on there. And just, uh, God, thank you for that vision that Jack Bryan has had all these years ago. Uh, Father, I pray that you go with us, have us have a, help us have a great week. And, and God, when we're given opportunities to witness for you, I pray that we would not shy away, but that we would be bold witnesses. And God, these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the services at North Etowah Baptist Church. If you made a decision for Christ today, head over to northetowah.org slash contact. Fill out the form and someone from our staff will be quick to contact you. Not to mention, we'd love to worship with you. All worship times and other activities can be found on our website. Thanks again for listening and may God bless you.